On Wednesday night, they take on the Sixers at the SCG. Of course, they made the final last year, beaten by the Scorchers in Perth. The Heat, so they've got back to where they were last year. Will that experience from last year, will the confidence from the win tonight help them come Wednesday night? Um, the Casper, the difference between the performance tonight and Friday night was chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was just playing on this surface. A little bit different. Obviously, nothing like the Gabba, where you can really trust the bounce and the carry and sort of just, just have their game plan. They've been unbeaten there all year. Uh, and then having to come down here and, and really, I think they were better for the outing from Friday night because um, they saw what the wicket a little bit different. And you can see the way that um, both with the bat, first of all, they approached it, but then with certainly with the ball as well, uh, really shut out the strikers and not give them a chance. Yeah, and we spoke in the pre-game about, um, you know, the, the problems they've had this year, and problems may be too strong a word, but certainly the bowling attack has led the Heat this year, and it's time for someone, you know, in the Heat batting lineup to stand up and, wow, he stood up <laughs> and rose to the occasion. Whatever cliche you, you want to use, I'm not sure that we will see a better T20 innings than that live again, Casper. I mean, that, that was a rarity, the 140 from Josh Brown. But it was almost, uh, it was classy the way that he did it. And I think, that, as I mentioned, the experience of playing on this wicket on Friday, where he was actually playing a lot of cross-bat shots. Now, the wicket with a little bit of up-and-down bounce when you're hitting a length, when you're sh you know, short of a length, maybe a bit shorter than that, as a fast bowler, he was playing and missing, playing, looking for pull shots. The change tonight was remarkable because straight away he was actually giving the full face, looking to hit down the wicket. He was really still when he was hitting it. And even with the ball and when he was driving, but sort of can drive on the up, throw your hands at it, and with confidence. Even picking the ball up off a length, not looking too square. And even the sixes, the upper decker he hit. Um, off, uh, who do you hit that one? Well, there's only you, 12 sixes, I know. Well, one? The one that went up in the stand where there was no one there, they had to get someone. Oh, that was the first one. That, um, yeah, that was the first one in about third or fourth over. That would have been from one of the quicks, wouldn't it? I yeah, think, it, I well, think it was Payne. No, no. Um, it was, yeah, I'm not but, sure. But anyway, yeah. But a long, went a long way. But no, I think that's it. He wasn't looking to pull the ball or sort of hit it square. Try and hit everything as straight as you can. You're giving yourself the best chance with that little bit of variation in bounce by hitting it at least with a, a full face. Sometimes in games you, you're able to pinpoint moments as as you did on Friday night that potentially that power play for the sixes, that 38 overs, you know, gave them the momentum. I'm not sure that there necessarily was one tonight because it was a, a steady build, wasn't it, from Brown? I mean, there wasn't a moment where... You say, oh, that was a key moment. Well, that was that could be critical. Maybe you know a little bit of luck here and there where an inside edge might have missed the stumps, but it was just a steady build from the heat tonight. Yeah, but I think it was that so that ninth over, um, and I say that because uh, at the eighth over uh, the heat were 71 for one, one yep. um, and the strikers were 62 for two. So you're talking about you know like nine runs in it there but then all of a sudden Josh Brown just he did put the foot down um, 20 runs off that next over the other ninth over the 10th over went for 21 15 off the 11th so 
That three over spill. That three over bit there right in the middle just really took the wind out of it for the strikers. But it just yeah, almost gave the platform, if you like, for the for the Brisbane Heat just to really launch. And I know when we were talking, um, and certainly when, you know, the, the Heat all of a sudden uh, at 15 overs are 177, you're sort of thinking, well, what sort of total can they really get here? And even yeah. that over went for, you know, there was... The, you know, double digits each one of those overs and we were even talking if Josh Brown was still there they could have almost got to 240 yeah 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 and and they lost um, you know five for was f- five 15 at one stage yeah, and then the finished the off and got a few more but but I think that's where it just shows a great another exa- great example of um, the type of wicket that it was was um, it was difficult for the new batsman he had to take a little bit of time. And I'm just saying that's why I use the word classy uh, for Josh Brown because it was kind of ironic in many ways was that he actually looked like he was sort of going slow, quite measured the way he played. But he was he was you know, striking it over, you know, two runs, a ball. Yeah. Yeah. and But it didn't sort of look like he was. The way that he was batting, as I mentioned, was he wasn't sort of swinging from the, the hips. Um, or clearing the front leg, or even the head moving or bouncing around in the crease. It was just so controlled, the way he batted. Um, I think, and I really, really hope, that that is the, the career changer for Josh Brown, even now having the belief that you can do this you know, at this level. What impressed me was the way, the difference in his approach from Friday, that obviously he's an intelligent young bloke that has learnt very quickly that what I did on Friday just wasn't right for the conditions. And if I get another opportunity, which I will on Monday, well, this is the way to do it. And obviously from the coaching staff as well, not only, you know, him, he wouldn't have done it on his own. But having said that, still having that type of mental attitude that he's able to come out and learn from that innings on Friday night and deliver like that. I was um, talking to Wade Second before... The play, you know, I was just down the field, obviously looking at the pitch, and I had a few bit of a chat, and I was talking to him about, um, you know, Friday and all that. And he sort of, you know, put his hand in his head. He said, "I know, it was, it was no good." And he said he was talking to Jimmy Pearson about it and the type of wicket. How you really got to just keep playing straight because I think even Jimmy Pearson got out skying one, sort of through the cross bat shot. Um, and but he even pointed out, he said, "Look, Josh Brown." He said, "I took him aside and talked to him about it, saying." Mate, you've, on these type wickets, you've got to just look to be hitting the ball straight. You know, just take out your pull shots, you know, playing those cross-bat cross shots. You know, it it's, it's, it make, makes it more difficult. What you've got to do is just keep looking to go straight. So Wade Seckham told me before, he said, oh, look, I you know, had a chat to him about that, and hopefully he gets it. He got it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He got it in a big way, and it'll be interesting to see how he backs up on Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether or not he has that same mental approach of working the wicket out rather than just going out and saying, I'm going to bat the way I normally bat. doesn't matter what the pitch is like. Because Sydney, as you well know, completely different to anything around the country. Well, it's going to be um, lower and slower. Um, It's going to take turn as well. And even speaking to Steve O'Keefe on Friday night for Scorchers, and I went and, of course, congratulated him. Um, for his um, sixes. Uh, con- oh, sixes, sorry. Yep. Yeah, sorry, thank you. Um, for the sixes, um, congratulated Stephen O'Keefe to say, well, you know, congratulations on your career because he's retiring. 
uh, at the end of this year. So he said, oh, look, you know, we'll see how it goes. He said, but we hope we're in Sydney, we'll be fine. He said, I'll be playing and it'll be low, slow. It'll turn like it always does. So I think that's what's going to make it a really awesome final when you've got Mitchell Swepson and Matthew Kuhneman, Queensland two spin bowlers. Nathan McSweeney. Nathan McSweeney. <laughs> even throw in uh, Matthew Matt. Renshaw. Well, with, will he with, be playing on well, that? Well, if, if he's not required the test match, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he will. Yeah. There's no way that Cricket Australia could say, mate, you're not playing in the final. We need to come and field. Yeah, or carry someone's jumper for them or drinks or whatever. Steve um, Smith needs new gloves. Yeah. Just run those out to him. Yeah. No, he... he on no. The, and look, it's a day-nighter, so he can get a flight back Thursday morning if required he, to be he, there in time. Well, he, absolutely, he could do. Yeah. Because so, it doesn't get busy, that Brisbane airport, that first flight and out Sydney's in the morning. Not, and Sydney's no. not either. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look... Um, so um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he goes Brown uh, in backing up and whether or not he drags the others along, whether or not Max Bryant sits there and goes, wow, okay, I'll, that's how you do it. I reckon they will. I reckon they'll actually see that, you know, that it's possible. They'll be able to see that uh, it's real possible, one of their mates is doing it. And all that. But the best part about it, not just the team, but I think a lot of great cricketers out there knowing that Josh Brown played for Norse, um, wasn't in the Queensland team, um, obviously no big bash, came out and dominated um, grade cricket, premier grade cricket, to the point where they had to give him a go and have a, have a crack. And he's become a bit of an icon, you know, this cult figure. Makes his own bats. Well, that's right, yeah. all for all those reasons. I think yeah. that's just the beauty of it, that for everyone playing club cricket or grade cricket out there, it's just all of a sudden, you know, he's one of us. Yeah. It's not like there's a pathway that captured him and identified him when he was three yep. to come up to do what he did now. And I think yep. just that innings tonight, um, it's a wonderful thing, not only for Josh Brown, not only obviously the the, Queen, the Brisbane Heat team uh, and all his mates, but I reckon for uh, anyone out there playing at the moment. He is the king of the game for Jenny King, the king of commercial cleaning franchises available. It's a big win for the Brisbane Heat. They're through to the BBL Grand Final to take on the Sydney Sixers on Wednesday night at the SCG. We'll take a break here from Carrara on the Gold Coast and come back and look at that and all the other cricket news around. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. Yeah, welcome back to Carrara, where we've seen the Brisbane Heat score a thumping win over the Adelaide Strikers to move through to BBL 13 final. We'll just run through that uh, scorecard again, thanks to Mate, Mate Internet and Mobile. Uh, 214 for 7 uh, is what the Heat score. Josh Brown top scoring with 140 from 57 deliveries. He hit 10 fours and 12 sixes. Uh, his strike rate was 245. The other man in double figures with Nathan McSweeney, 33. So they did sort of lose a few at the end. They were two for 192, then seven for 214. 
uh, for the strikers. They had three bowlers pick up uh, two wickets. David Payne, two for th 17. Um, Cameron Boyce, two for 50. And Lloyd Pope, two for 39. So chasing 215 for victory. The strikers were all out for 160. They didn't get away to the start thereafter. Matthew Short was the first man out for 19 off nine. Uh, he played some terrific shots, but not enough of them for the strikers. He hit three fours. Um, Darcy Short was out for seven. Um, then Jake Weatherall, eight. Thomas Kelly batted well for his 41. Harry Nielsen batted well for his 50. But they were the only ones really to, to get rolling. Um, they only scored, what, two, four, six sixes them as a team, the strikers. And Josh Brown hit 12 of them on his own. So all out for 160. The bowling for the Heat, uh, three wickets to Spencer Johnson. His stocks just continue to rise. Three for 20 or four overs with 12 dot balls. Uh, Nathan McSweeney came on for the last over. Bowled five balls, so 0 0.5 of an over, three for three. <laughs> so the captain comes on and picks up three for three. Uh, and as I said, Spencer Johnson, three for 20. Xavier Bartlett went for a few in the final over. One for 30, took off his four overs, but Casper, 10 dot balls again. Yeah, look, Xavier Bartlett um, was good too. The good pace in uh, tonight. He was celebrating the fact that He's just been added to the Australian yep. one-day international squad to play the West Indies. Uh, Jai Richardson um, has pulled out with an injury. Yeah. So that's great for the young guy. It is. Um, to, to experience the Australian team. Yeah, and to have that at the back of his mind, all people are noticing, you know, that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm potentially making headway here. I'm, I've got a career ahead of me. Well, certainly with, yeah, I guess, in, like his an outstanding season. The Golden Arm Award... Um, signifying the most wickets and if an opportunity does come up yeah. and you've done yeah. that yeah you deserve to be selected well that's right yeah and i think even in his team spencer johnson also yep. played um for australia in south africa um earlier last year um we went on tour there so getting reward for performance uh, and that opportunity so yeah it's just it's it's wonderful for him um of course the gold coast boy so playing his home ground here at Carrara uh, was uh, was always a, a treat. I'm sure there was uh, much more than just close friends and relatives who were here to support him. So, you know, it's just fantastic. And certainly for him, the season he's had for the, the Brisbane Heat now to be in the final at the SCG on Wednesday night, it's it's a delight. Well, the leading wicket-taker for Henley Holmes, delivering affordability, uh, Spencer Johnson, three for 20, and Nathan McSweeney, who would have thought would be saying that, three for three from his point five of an over. And the leading run scorer for Henley Holmes, delivering affordability, that man again, Josh Brown, who scored 140 off 57. And so he scored 140, and the strikers all out for 160. I love that little uh, stat you said. Well, how many sixes the Adelaide strikers hit in total? Uh... Did I say six? Two, three, six. Six. Six, yeah. Yeah. And he hit 12. And he hit 12. He was really something else tonight. I think, um, look, I had a mate of mine who um, had to leave early. He texted me and said, look, thanks for... for I actually drove him down here. Yeah. Um, he was going to hang out right till the end with us. But he said seeing that innings was just made it all worthwhile mm. coming all the way from Brisbane to see that. It was, it was really... It was a treat, and there was, um, I think, the total for the crowd, 6,562 Okay. tonight. So, um, 
as we said earlier on, it was always going to be a little bit difficult. I realise um, you you would have you double that in Brisbane, I reckon, yeah, yeah. If they played there tonight, and the reason for the you know schools back in Queensland, and it's the Brisbane heat, and obviously they have supporters on the Gold Coast, but the majority of the, the fans are, are Brisbane based, and and they wouldn't have been able to get here tonight with schools starting today for public schools and private schools tomorrow. Um, you're not going to come down to the Gold Coast, particularly after school. There's no way no way in the world, Casper, would I be leaving Brisbane at four o'clock on a Monday afternoon to head down to the Gold Coast. Um, is that traffic would just oh, be hilarious. Is that because you had close lunches for the following day? No, no. It's just oh. get stuck on no, the, I know the traffic's pretty nasty. Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, and that is the reason why the crowd was down. So then the fact that, you know, these people might have had other plans, you know, it's late notice to the game tonight. You know, the, 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 the same most incredible thing about tonight behind Josh Brown's innings, mm. it didn't rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that was yeah. really like the cloud around here oh, early this yeah. afternoon when it came through, you thought, okay, I'm looking at thinking, we're not going to get a ball. Same on Friday. I didn't think yeah, we were going to get a ball in on Friday. Yeah. And I managed to do Because it can rain down the Gold Coast. It rains down the Gold Coast more than most people, I think, uh, listening outside of the Gold mm. Coast area would believe. Absolutely. Uh, if it's ever going to rain anywhere in southeast Queensland, it'll rain on the Gold Coast. That's well, normally sure. New South, northern New South Wales. Yeah, and Northern Rivers well. cops yeah. a good, uh, yep. good drenching at the best yep. of times. But, um, yeah, same here. And certainly earlier, uh, around Christmas time, there was a hell of a weather system came through here. I think in Tambourine, so say the north of Gold Coast on the way back to the to Brisbane. Yeah. Um, right through there, it just wiped out um, oh, everything. There was trees, even here. I think friends of mine were saying there was trees in backyard, yeah. uprooted yeah. on fences, cars, yes, everything. Real mess. Yeah. I think Tambourine, they're out. They didn't have power, power there for, for about for two ages. months. I mean, our, our pool at home is empty. I need to repaint yep. the pool, so you have to get it out empty. And it has to be dry to paint it. Yep. It's taken me... I, I still haven't done it. <laughs> but the pool was empty, um, and I'm sick and tired of draining it. But now it's more than half full because of the rain that's been in southeast Queensland. Is that right? So, and, and we're just looking at the forecast, Casper, you and I, for the test yes. match, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But they're forecasting 60-plus mils for Saturday and 30-plus mils, I think, for Sunday. Um, and that's another 90 mils to go in my pool as well. So All right. I shan't be, dra I shan't be draining uh, anytime soon. And the summer summer without a pool in Brisbane is not a nice place to be. But anyway, no, that's right. there you go. We better take a break, and we'll come back after the break, and we'll have a talk about the final with uh, the heat taking on the Sixers, and we'll also have a look at the uh, test match, the uh, pink ball test match at the Gabba, which starts, of course, on Thursday afternoon. But a break and back with more. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. Yeah, welcome back to Carrara. Mark Braybrook and Michael Kaspervich wrapping up a, a big win by the Brisbane Heat over the Adelaide Strikers. The Heat go through to Wednesday night's final against the Sydney Sixers in Sydney at the SCG. Bit of a fright for us here in the commercial break. All the lights in the venue went off. Mm. <laughs> Not just, you know, the odd you know, light on the ground or whatever, everything. We went into complete darkness. When all the lights came back on, other than the lights on the ground, it's still a little bit eerie here 
um, on this Monday night, but uh, it was a little bit frightening. All of a sudden, everything went off, including the air conditioning, but it came back on. Well, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be some sort of lighting to get through the car park. Well, I hope so. Because, you know, dark car parks on the Gold start, Coast, I'm wondering. They're whether. starting to come back on in the roof of the grandstand now. Right, OK. Um, so adds a, a little bit of light for us here at Carrara. Uh, let's talk about um, Wednesday night. We've seen both of these teams here on Friday night. It's going to be completely different, obviously, because yeah. different wicket um, playing for the competition rather than a place in the final. So there's that different mindset as well. What are you expecting on Wednesday? Well, it could be interesting in that I think the Brisbane Heat, by winning the toss and batting first, knowing their bowling's the strength, is what they'll want to do. Whereas I think for the... I think for the Sixers, they don't mind chasing because of, you know, with Hughes or Enriques and, mm. and their strength sort of has been um, the, you know, their batting. So that could be in itself be an interesting little combination to see what happens there. But having said that, like I mentioned, it's a different, it's a totally different wicket. It will be lower. It will spin um, for them as well. So I'm really looking forward to the spin bowlers of both sides. You know, I think there's... Um, uh, O'Keefe, Todd Murphy for the Sixers, but then you've got Kuhneman and also Schwepson for the Heat. So I'll, I'm liking that, but look, in essence, as, always, as I always do like to, um, uh, always look forward to, is seeing the fast bowlers, seeing them adapt and adjust to the conditions that they're going to get, uh, certainly on on Wednesday um, and on that. And con I love the way that these, like the Friday night, um, I think the Sixers bowlers uh, did a far better job here obviously bowling out the, the heat mm. for a, quite a low score from from what the, they should have got but they they their knowledge they saw what the heat did here but they adapted to these conditions hitting the right lengths um, and just the way they went about it I think that it was really good so I think that was the benefit for the heat tonight so they did it a whole lot better with um, the line the lengths they bowled and also the lines uh, from that experience on Friday night Close to their best performance of the year. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I know that, that game you mentioned, that first game where Munro got 99 not out against the Stars at the Gabba uh, was impressive. But I think I'd put this above it only because of their last two performances. Yeah. The fact that they had to show something, and they did, um, means for me that that was their best performance tonight. Uh, but they go in against the Sixer side, full of confidence after their win here. I give the Sixers the edge. Um, I think they're both bowling attacks, even themselves out. I think they've both got really good bowling attacks. Uh, you know, Ben Dwarshus was outstanding here on Friday night. Edwards opening the bowling was terrific. Sean Abbott, you throw him in. Todd Murphy, Steve O'Keefe. Um, you're talking an international sort of bowling lineup there. And the same for, for the Heat as well. And I think I would s slightly put the Sixers batting um, above the Heat. Um, you know, take out, you know, Josh Brown's performance tonight was outstanding, but there's still, you know, a couple of the, the players there that you would have liked to have seen them get a, you know, another little 20 or 30 to build that total, whether, it, you know, I might be being a little bit super critical of someone like a, a Max Bryan who got out for nine, who hit a beautiful shot first ball. Yeah. Um, and Matty Renshaw, who didn't get as many runs as he would like, etc. Um, McSweeney batted well. Jimmy Pearson, I think, is due for some runs 
also, but I just think the Sixers might have a better batting lineup when you're Josh Inglis, you know, can turn a game. Daniel Hughes was terrific here on Friday. Moses on Riggs showed his experience. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think when you're sort of looking at on paper um, at sort of both batting lineups, you know, it's it's kind of similar. But I do, I actually, I like, um, I do like the Brisbane Heat as well. I think you've got, um, you know, McSweeney as captain. Um, and certainly tonight, that partnership we had with Josh Brown, 119 with his 33-run contribution, that yep. 119. But I think, but I think he's also down the other end, his presence and be able to yeah. talk, yeah, Brown through it as well. Absolutely, I think, yeah. and just sort of settle him down different stages, and, um, and and quite often the way when they're going, when some of the batsmen's going, you know, the hands, bottom hand certainly starts getting tighter, and you want to feel bat on ball. The best way to solve all that is actually just get a single and get down the other end. Yeah, one player we haven't mentioned um, as well for the Sixers, who I think. It can play a key role on those middle overs, Jordan Silk. You know, if their innings is a, a, in a little bit of strife, he can come in and and steady it down, but he can also put the foot down if need be. So he's a key player, and his fielding is just superb. Yeah, that's right. And I think, that, well, they're all athletes and the players um, right now, but I think even his, um, his experience, I think with uh, Moson Reeks, uh, his innings was the game changer on Friday. Uh, the way that he took a little bit of extra time to get in, he was poking and prodding, and yeah. you know, but he just sort of found a way, worked it out, and then Jeezy made it look easier after, which in many ways I think is what Josh Brown did sort of in, uh, in a far, <laughs> far better way tonight. Yeah, and look, um, even though a lot of those players play Shield cricket and they've been to the SCG before and played there, there is still something special. Uh, for any player to walk into the SCG to play any sort of sport, particularly with a big crowd there. So just to be able to, you know, for Josh Brown and Spencer Johnson and, uh, and these players that don't get that opportunity too often to be able to play at the SCG in a big game is a huge moment for them as well. And uh, you'd like to think that that will lift them also. It will, but I feel sorry for them in many ways. Why is that? Well, it's because it's, you know, the, the game's played, what, starts at like 630 Seven o'clock at night. Um, finish. They don't get to have lunch. The oh, SCG. Good lunch. Oh, spectacular! Yeah. Spectacular lunch and spending okay. all that time and spending a long, you know, day and a bit, bit of a, a longer lunch. Certainly on a batting day. Yeah. <laughs> For us bowlers, anyway, get to enjoy lunch, but enjoy that dressing room, the yeah, history yeah, of that members' stand, the beautiful old building, but also the the dressing room, all the greats and teams and people have gone there before. So yeah, and you sit there. That's not 2020. It's sh too short and yeah. sharp. You can't yeah. enjoy it as much. Absolutely. We're going to take a break here from Carrara. We'll come back and we'll have a look at the test match, Australia v the West Indies, which starts, of course, Thursday afternoon, just up the road, the M1 here at the Gabba in Brisbane. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. This is Big Bash Nation, broadcasting every BBL game from BBL 13 across the country. Follow us on social media at SEN Cricket on Instagram, TikTok and X. There's only one game remaining in BBL 13. That's the final on Wednesday night. You'll hear it on Big Bash Nation here on SEN on uh, on Wednesday night from the SCG. The Sixers hosting the Brisbane Heat. 
And, um, of course, on Thursday, we start the Test Match. Australia and the West Indies, the second test, the day-night test in Brisbane, the pink test, the pink ball test. And uh, it's going to be tough for the Windies if they struggled in Adelaide uh, with the red ball, with the conditions we've had here in Brisbane, the humidity, that ball, Casper, it should swing a little bit, shouldn't it? I would gather? certainly hope it does. Um, yeah, and certainly someone like Mitchell Johnson, uh, Mitchell Stark, sorry, uh, just bends it beautifully, uh, naturally. So, um, oh, look, it's good. But having said that, it's, um, it's going to swing for the West Indy bowlers also. And um, what I'm looking for, yeah. Oh, yeah, Shamar Joseph. That will be good because it looks like he naturally does get a bit of shape away. Um, Kimar Roach with his experience as well and Azari Joseph. And look, that's the thing. Maybe that's if the, you do playing on a wicket that does actually, you know, the, with the pink ball, where it does swing, and you're talking about even batsmen say that later in the day, we're just on dusk when it's, when it's going, it's harder to bat. So depending on the tosses or the timing and things like that, those key moments of the game, you know, just there's every chance that you know that things could could you know tip certainly towards the West Indies, and I think they sort of showed that a little bit too. You know, yeah, 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 and. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see the pitch because the Gabba pitch, I think it's the best in, in the world. But was it last year against South Africa or that wasn't the best? Um, maybe, you know, a few things went wrong in the preparation, I don't know. Um, but with all the um, discussions about the remodelling of the Gabba, potentially for the Olympics and all the noise we keep hearing about the Lions and AFL and drop-in pitches, etc. Mm. We've only got two left in the country, uh, the SCG and the Gabba, and the Gabba's the best in the world. Yeah. And if it gets back to its best uh, for this Test match, um, who knows? And if they do knock the ground down, it's the last time we'll see it. That's right. Or it won't be until after the Ashes, I should say. Uh, they're going to do that in a couple of years' time. Just, and that's when yeah. they'll knock it down, if they knock it down. But they seem to be backpedalling at 100 miles an hour uh, the state government now that Stephen Miles is the Premier. Um, but, yeah, just want to see the Gabba back to the Gabba and a pitch with a little bit of bounce um, because we haven't seen much this year. No, and I think that's the other thing too. With the last year, the test finished in two days. Yeah. Um, if anything, they're going to err on the other, other side. side. You would think you so. You would think yeah. so. But the other thing about it, when we talk about the redevelopment of the Gabba and obviously it's going to be fantastic... Uh, with the Cross River Rail just across the road and get seamlessly up into this wonderful, you know, um, sporting facility. Um, and really putting Brisbane, as the Olympics will do, put it on this global world on the map as, as a destination, certainly for sport as well. Um, I just wonder whether they're going to re return it to its original name of the Brisbane Cricket Ground. Well, the Gabba is the nickname. Really, that's it, right. It? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. It's because it's in Woolongabba. Yeah. But it's actually called the Brisbane Cricket Ground. Yeah. Cricket. And I heard you mention. Well, we discussed this the other well, day. Well, we did. Yeah, I know. Sydney as far as Cricket Ground, the Melbourne Cricket Ground. They've turned off awfully uh, AFL-like. Yeah, but I mean Melbourne. Up, yeah. Melbourne, you can understand that a bit because it is yeah, you know, the sport down there. But for us in the north, um, it ain't necessarily. So, um, and you and I are a little bit biased in that respect that you more than me, um, you've put a lot of heart, sweat and toil and blood and into that Brisbane cricket ground pitch 
um, over the years. And I, you know, for someone who's only moved here 30 years ago, <laughs> I'd hate to see it go because I think it's, you know, not, you know, I think it's the best. You know the reason why Australian um, oh, years ago, the Australian cricket team was so successful, um, and going through a period of time when we, even when we had our 16 consecutive Test wins, it's because. The reason was obviously good players, but also each one of the grounds we played on had its own characteristics. Yep. Obviously, Adelaide, you know, good batting wicket, used to turn sort of late in the day. Sydney was turned. Melbourne was, a dif you know, different in its own sense, but also Perth. Um, so as a domestic player playing shield cricket, you grew up playing on all these different surfaces and found a way to actually, you know, to carve and create your game to, to suit or to, to be able to compete. And I think that's what Australia had been doing for, for years. And mm. I think that's where, you know, all of a sudden, if we're dropping in wickets, it kind of uh, makes it quite clinical. Well, Casper, um, we've just about run out of time. A win to the Brisbane Heat, which is a nice way to finish Outstanding. Um, our coverage here from Carrara. They take on the Sixers on the Wednesday night. You'll hear that here on Big Bash Nation. Big Bash Nation. And, of course, on Thursday, the test, the second test, the final test of the summer starts at the Gabba, the day-night test, Australia taking on the West Indies. Um, should be a cracking few days of cricket. Let's hope, fingers crossed, that uh, the cyclone that's forming off the coast or supposedly getting a little bit stronger tonight or whatever doesn't impact the test match. Um, we've had enough rain in southeast Queensland, but we can't do anything about the weather. Let's hope it's a cracking night in Sydney on Wednesday night.